and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are here to preview game week 25, which is a double for just two teams. There's still plenty of opportunities to take advantage. My name is Chris Hopkins and I'm joined by the Alan Judge to my Darren Drysdale. It's Andy Case. Andy, that's going to be quite a niche intro for, for most FPL managers. Uh, would you care to explain what that what that means? Well, usually at this point, I'd be pointing out that Chris loves EFL. Uh, which which he does. However, this is this is one reference I am willing to get on board with. That was, if you've not seen it, you'll find it everywhere. It was even reported on on BBC, who sometimes try to stay out of the more controversial uh, aspects of, of of things that happen in football. But yeah, uh, a a referee squared up to Ipswich Town player um, Alan Judge um, in in midweek, and 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 more than just squared up, sort of actually sort of put his head up against against Judge's head. So. Yeah, uh, one one you don't see very often. You were obviously a, a qualified referee back in back in the day. I mean, if a player does that, it's a it's a straight red card, right? So uh, yeah, he's he's completely completely lost his lost his head there, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's um, obviously I feel a little bit of this. This is a tough one for me, as I'm sure you can imagine, right? Because it happens. Union, here we go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I feel uh, there was a there was a thing on Talksport just today, actually, from Dean Ashton talking about how he how um, you know refs obviously in football are treated completely differently to officials in any other sport, and and I do feel I've said this to you plenty of times before. I feel like that there should be much stronger, tighter sort of rules around around this the descent law is a bit too gray area because people have this sort of perception that oh it's football we should be able to have a bit of a chat and stuff and yeah a bit of a chat would be fine but it's never anyone who's refereed any game ever like it's uh, it's never just a bit of a chat so um yeah that I think if there were sort of stricter sort of rules around that, you wouldn't get these types of situations. And I can I can kind of feel for you've got to think Judge has said something pretty bad to him there for for to kind of garner that that type of reaction. Um, however, obviously, yeah, you've uh, you've you've got to keep your cool in that situation. It is sort of unprofessional. Ultimately, he's 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 a semi-professional, if not professional, official there. So, yeah. Were there any times when you were ref- refereeing that that you kind of completely lost your mind? I'm guessing not. You're pretty cool, calm, and collected when it comes to most things. I mean, you rage about FPL over text to me, but I'm sure, I'm sure you know when you when you were dressed in black, standing in the, in the middle of the pitch. I'm sure you were you you were very chilled. I wouldn't say I'm not sure anyone's ever described me as chilled, so I wouldn't necessarily say that. But I I mean, yeah, you get your like you get your professional head on, I suppose, right? Like you you you've got a job to do, and you yeah to do. I mean, I've had people square up to me before, like you know Sunday public stuff, like full-on scary blokes squaring up to me and, and getting in my face yeah yeah but you i mean that's you i, I don't reckon they do it to anyone else other other than you and i think yeah i think you know why um let's let's move on as as we should do uh, we've got plenty plenty to talk about on our preview show and as always we'll start by running down the fixtures we'll have a, a quick chat about the week's talking points and then think about some players on the radar which i guess is split in two this week andy with uh, players that have a double and players that don't um, we will be uh, trying to catch each other in, a, in our Honey Traps uh, returning segment this week. And then we'll finish by reviewing uh, potential captaincy options, of which there is basically uh, one major standout before finishing with who the heck is stat. So let's start by running through those all-important fixtures. And your FPL deadline this weekend is at 6.30 on Friday night. That's because there is Friday night football, and that is Wolves versus Leeds. And then Saturday lunchtime, we have Southampton-Chelsea followed by Burnley-West Brom, 
The Merseyside derby is the tea time kickoff. Liverpool host Everton and then Fulham, Sheffield United, a relegation scrap will round off Saturday. On Sunday, we've got West Ham versus Spurs, Aston Villa versus Leicester, Arsenal versus Man City, and Man United versus Newcastle. On Monday, there's, uh, what do they call it, the A23 derby, is it? Brighton versus Crystal Palace. And um, the final game of Game Week 25 is the one that gives these two teams a double because it's their second fixture of the Game Week on Tuesday night, Leeds versus Southampton. Yeah, at, at the risk of sort of winding up Brighton and Crystal Palace fans that that's just just not a derby i don't know how you can ever ever say that, that it is but 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 yeah um you know don't at me crystal palace and brighton fans um andy i guess what's uh what's got us kind of talking this week or i guess inhibited our ability to really talk about them is that we're still lacking um the the fixtures for game week 26 and i think we're fairly confident in which teams are doubling but there seems to be um still a bit of confusion over exactly what the fixtures are going to be i guess exactly when and you know that's something that we always think about you know what sort of minutes and um, you know rest players might might be getting uh, in these double game weeks and and yeah it seems a little bit a little bit confusing and i think we thought we'd know this by now as uh, as, as as we're sort of planning our strategy ahead of game week 25 yeah, I think, well, it's starting to make me question all the stuff I've seen out there on the internet and all the information, particularly obviously Ben Crowley and, um, pr- produces because, because yeah, w- we were expecting some information by now, although it was never 100% guaranteed, we'd hoped um, that information about fixtures becoming doubles in game week 26 would be here before the 25 deadline because if it's not you know we're getting into the territory where it's only like a week away from um from those fixtures happening so i mean you've got to presume if it's going to happen the clubs have maybe been made aware and there's been some hints in some press conferences that maybe managers and clubs are aware of, of other fixtures that we we as fans aren't quite yet but yeah it's um to, i guess to try and reassure my own worries and, and other people's worries it's it seems almost certain because we know there are many many teams that cannot play in game week 29 because of the fa cup quarterfinals um and the only free the only guaranteed free midweek left before the end of the season which sounds crazy to say in february but because of your potential continued qualification in europe for a lot of the teams the only guaranteed free midweek um before the end of the season now is the one attached to game week 26. So that's why people are sort of very, very confident that those fixtures must be moving in into game week 26. So yeah, there's still time before the deadline, but, but no information on those as yet. Yeah. All, all does feel a, a little bit, a little bit um, sort of I don't know, questionable, I guess. And I imagine it's not great for, for actual Premier League managers that are trying to prepare, let alone uh, FPL managers, but, but you know, I guess we still have to have to do our best, and like I say, I think you know, we were we were running through some of the potential fixtures um, earlier in, or the potential doubles in game week 26, and it doesn't really seem to be any team with a sort of particularly favourable double. I think the last few kind of double game weeks that that, that we've been highlighting, there's been one team, even if even if it was Burnley, where it looked like they had you know particularly good fixtures, and and I think in 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 the, in the 26 there seems to be you know perhaps a one favourable fixture and one not so favourable fixture for most teams. So, so yeah, I guess just really nailing down exactly what the doubles are going to look like, um, you know, is, is definitely going to be quite important uh, for FPL managers. And I guess, Andy, I mean, this is the sort of business end of the season now, really, you know, and, and, and chip strategies and things like that are going to start coming into things. Obviously, we have the blank in 29 as well. 
Um, so you know, anyone that's saving their free hit for that, I guess, is 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 in a pretty good position. But otherwise, I guess you know, there's going to be quite a lot of decisions to be made regarding wild cards, bench boosts, and maybe triple captains with this double coming up. Yeah, well, exactly. That that's why it is such a shame for for particularly people with lots of chips in hand that the, they haven't got this information now because there's some people I know that were thinking about um, wild carding even ahead of maybe game week 25 to to prepare for both this game week coming up and 26 um and then obviously further ahead the 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 blank one in in 29 but um that becomes a lot harder unless you it when when you don't have sort of the full information um if you're if you're free hit, if you have your free hit you're less worried about the blank in 29 you can kind of focus your your team your, your transfer sort of um decisions on on this next these next couple of game weeks which have doubles for lots of teams but uh, if you if you don't have your free hit, then you know you, you, that could alter um, decisions as well. You know you, you'd obviously want to be taking into account the fact that there's that blank coming up too. So yeah, not not having the full information isn't helpful. Whoever you are, but your strategy could well be different depending on which chips you've got there. Absolutely. So let's let's turn our attention specifically then to to the double game week uh, 25 for for two teams, Southampton and Leeds, which you alluded to when we ran down the fixtures. And just to recap, then Southampton, Chelsea at home. And then uh, Leeds away, or sorry, yeah, then Leeds away. And then for Leeds, it's obviously Wolves away on the Friday night and then Southampton at home on the Tuesday. And I guess for the radar section, Andy, this week, we we, we picked out six players that, that, that do double this week that we, I guess, kind of like and perhaps FPL managers are going to be thinking about getting in. But none really, uh, uh, I guess, are uh, taking our fancy hugely. Um, and we are going to sort of you know, brush over Patrick Bamford just because he's so high owned. I think he's owned by 56, 55% of FPL managers, although interestingly, uh, at the moment, neither of us. Um, but, but you know, there are definitely some others to kind of you know, potentially bring in to take advantage of this double. But we're definitely looking more to, uh, to, to West Yorkshire than we are to the South Coast, aren't we? Yeah, um, I think I think we are. Uh, it, although, so with the gate with the fixtures in 26, we don't 100% know. Although, as we've said, Ben Krellin, go and have a look at his Twitter. That he's 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 even given you like a certainty, and he's he you know a lot of the double fixtures are above 95% certainty by his reckoning at least. However, here in 25, as you've said, these two teams that are doubling. We do know exactly, uh, as you'd hope, just before the deadline, what the fixtures are for those teams. And and, and as you say, I think we're particularly looking at, at those fixtures. So Southampton and Leeds obviously play each other, but apart from that, Southampton's fixture is Chelsea and Leeds is 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 Wolves. So so that in straight away kind of gives you that slight um, advantage, I guess, leaning towards Leeds over Southampton um, players. The other thing would be as well, obviously, Leeds are just a very creative team. Um, uh, you know, have have been all season. Neither team. Obviously, Leeds probably one of them more open, more open than Southampton at the back. But even Southampton haven't been necessarily they've been patchy. Let's say at, the, at least they were they were kind of decent earlier on in the season. I think a lot of people had their assets for getting clean sheets and stuff. But that's definitely sort of faded off. They've been conceding more chances and obviously got battered nine nil recently. So yeah, it, neither team is is necessarily being looked at um, defensively. And and then when you look going forward again, that leans you more towards Leeds because of the fact that they they have been so much more creative. So a few things they're pointing towards them. So let's start then perhaps with, with Leeds' attackers. And, and yeah, I guess just on that Leeds, Leeds-Southampton game, I mean, 
you know, without putting the mockers on it, you wouldn't think it's going to end up end up nil nil. Um, but yeah, and those Leeds attack Leeds attackers, you know, obviously because they're a newly promoted team, none of their players were particularly expensive at the start of the season, and we're still looking really at Rafinha and Jack Harrison at five point four million as as, as you know, pretty budget midfielders that that have both returned um, well so far this this season. Rafinha uh, on eighty points at the minute, and Jack Harrison on ninety six. But Rafinha didn't play in any of Leeds' first four, and I think they'd be level pegging if if, if they played the same amount of games. Um, I mean. It's a bit of a tricky one, Andy, because you know, despite Jack Harrison's um, returns this year, his underlying numbers haven't looked great. I think he's finished off some some pretty difficult chances, and 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 you know when he's got assists, you know, they haven't been the most uh, the most on a plate assist you might you might ever see. Um, whereas Rafinha seems to be getting definitely the rave reviews from Leeds fans and among the sort of FPL community. So despite the fact that he does have slightly fewer points, albeit with that caveat that I mentioned where he didn't play in the first few games, uh, is he the one to go go for considering? Um, that both that both are, are, are the same price. Well, yeah, obviously, like you uh, like you say, the Harrison has has more. They're, they're they're the same price. Harrison has more points so far this season. But Rafinha to on the eye test, and this is coming from really from me hearing other people and seeing reading other people uh, talking about his performance because I haven't personally watched as much of of Leeds recently. But you know, from what people say, Rafinha on the eye has been looking a lot more. Um, creative and uh, obviously his returns speak to that. Um, I think he's returned in at least four, maybe even five of the last game weeks, last four or five game weeks. So yeah, he's been he's been performing well, and his underlying numbers have been way way superior to to Harrison's. I mean, Rafinha's in the top ten over the last sort of four, five, six game weeks for expected goal involvement. Um, and usually we would we would be highlighting the players more, say more you know more like first second third whatever but with with that price at 5.4 million he's someone we've obviously mentioned earlier in the season Rafinha um to be eighth uh in inspector goal involvement amongst all midfielders for that price and when you think figure in that that would be you know averaging out over 90 minutes but he's going to have 180 so giving him double the chance over a lot of those other midfielders in this game week um yeah he he certainly looks like the one you'd, you'd go toward lead towards out of the two yeah, and I think obviously, you know, um, you know I, I have did watch a fair bit of Leeds, Leeds last year when they were in the Championship, and you wouldn't have expected Jack Harrison to really make the leap that he has. Obviously, Rafinha was a new signing, and um, but one guy that I did expect to make a bit of a leap is is, is my boy Stewie Dallas, who we have highlighted here as being you know, another one to potentially get on get on the radar, considering um, he has a double. 4.9 million, obviously listed as a defender with 94 points so far this year, but. As you mentioned, Andy, at the start of this, you know, leads are pretty open. So Dallas might seem a bit of a, a bit of an odd choice, considering he's not going to be that sort of in line for a clean sheet. I guess it is his his attacking returns or attacking return potential, and the fact that he sometimes plays as a midfielder um, that that really make him the standout Leeds defender. Yeah, I think it's um, the it definitely the the kind of the goal and assist returns that that help make him a, a prospect because yeah we, we I think we mentioned earlier in the season how Leeds were actually were one of the worst at one point if not the worst in terms of expected goals conceded in the league now they're not absolutely top at the moment I think they're sixth worst uh, over the last four or five game weeks in terms of expected goals conceded um, so yeah still 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 not great but you're 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 not looking at essentially that what that says is you're not looking at um, clean sheet potential necessarily with with, with Leeds defenders but if he's going to be playing in continues playing midfield or to be honest, even when he was playing as a fullback he was obviously getting forward a lot and, and getting six points for a goal 
uh, and plenty of assist potential, then then yeah, that's an option there. And his price is starting to creep up. I guess that that's the the slight caveat. And another caveat, I guess this would, but and this one would be true for any of your selections on any free transfers you make this week. Obviously, potentially means one fewer transfer you can make next game week when there's going to be lots of players um, on a double. So. Um, you know, if you, there's no point going for a Leeds player next week, obviously they've only got a single next week. However, if you do, if you were to make that move, obviously now now would be the time to do it. And I think some people are kind of seeing the fact that Leeds don't have a, a double next week as, as as like a negative. But if you try and analyse the two as the two upcoming game weeks from this point now, you know Leeds have three fixtures in the next two game weeks, and all of those teams that mo- you know most that are doubling in 26 also only have three. It's just the other way around. They have one this week and two the next. So yeah, it's it. There's no point going for a Leeds asset, or you know Dallas or whoever after this game week. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to you know it, considering you know you'd also get the player to play in 29. If if you feel like that that there's some upside in a couple of fixtures for any of those players there, it's it's reasonable um, when when you look at the other fixtures available. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think the other thing that that we perhaps we've missed that is appealing about Leeds and and to an extent Southampton perhaps in in this double is that they generally are quite settled teams. You know, Bielsa doesn't rotate a lot and Hassan Hussle doesn't either. And especially with the amount of injuries that, that he's had, um, you can you, I, I would imagine that for all of these assets they've got a pretty good chance of starting both and maybe even playing the full ninety in both. So, um, so yeah, that's definitely something else to to consider. Let's maybe move on then to those Southampton assets and it's. Uh, I mean, there's only one real place to start, as far as I'm concerned, with, with Southampton, and that's Danny Ings. He is a you know fairly pricey uh, for a striker, at least, especially considering the returns that some of the budget uh, strikers have put in this year. Uh, 8.4 million, 89 points. Um, but I guess, but yeah, is it is it that Chelsea fixture that make that makes you know might make someone pause before bringing in Ings in this week? I think uh, again, compared with Leeds, Andy, I think uh, Southampton are more likely to double further down the line again. So maybe it is it is you know start uh, you know, the right time to start thinking about about these Southampton assets and and there are, isn't many better places to start than with Danny Ings. Yeah, well, with that, uh, at risk of repeating what we said on the uh, review show, um, I think it was the the last review show. Uh, if you, if you're going to look at Southampton assets. Danny Ings is the first one that comes to mind. The number of goals he scored last season, you know, the fact that he's demonstrated, I think, I think he's kind of outright proved his ability to to be a clinical finisher now. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's the main man, and if he's fit, he's guaranteed to start. But obviously, um, there's there's as we've said a few times, there's question marks over Southampton creatively. Um, Ings hasn't had superb underlying numbers really at any point. I mean, I think he was up there top five or top six over the last two game weeks we mentioned. When they've had most of their players back, but that's very small sample size, and they did, they, you know, they weren't playing particularly great teams. So I don't really know how much you can read into that. And his price is a little bit more, you know, part of the stuff we were saying about Rafinha before and Dallas and whatever is is compared to some of the other options. Their price isn't isn't quite as high. Whereas Ings at eight point four, when there are so many question marks and sort of patchiness in form for him and Southampton creatively, it does feel like a lot more of, of a punt really if you're going to go for him. Yeah, that makes sense. And then I guess let's just round off with two other two other players that have um, you know done fairly well so far in, in FPL this year. James Ward-Prowse is a guy that I think we did a stats versus eye test on, and you know come down on 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 the side that we wouldn't really be getting James Ward-Prowse in. He's six million, but has got 100 points this year. And then tied in with him, uh, Yannick Vestergaard, who I think has got three goals, 
and has been injured for a fair bit of, of, of Southampton season as well, but is back now. 4.7 million and you picked out something Andy that the amount of goals that that lead or at least chances that Leeds can see from set pieces that might make this sort of James Ward-Prowse whipping in a corner to Vestergaard combo potentially quite a profitable one in this game week. Yeah well I hadn't um, haven't looked at, looked at the specific numbers recently but I just remember seeing something earlier in the season about the number of goals that Leeds had conceded from set pieces and it was it was pretty high and there uh, when when I was chatting uh, earlier about their, their various expected goals conceded and, and, and stuff like that, you know, they're, they're, they themselves, um, you know, do concede chances for uh, some of that XG ha- over the last few games has has been from set pieces. So, yeah, they're not they're not necessarily the biggest team. Um, I don't think they're particularly short either, are they? Leeds have not got loads, of, although they're known for being sort of a bit technical. They, you know, they do have some sort of bigger lads in there. But yeah, that was just a small thing. But I think we're I think it's really starting to get to the point of clutching at straws. Like like the point we made with with uh, War Prowse pre- earlier in the season was yeah, okay, he's got a good cross and stuff, but uh, you know you can't rely on free kicks from twenty five yards out all the time and and. Um, you know, Vestergaard could easily go and, and score a header against Leeds. I mean, there's loads of different ways you can score against Leeds this season. But it's just, that, you know, in any given game, that's such a difficult thing to be, uh, you, you know, you'd want, if you're wildcarding, let's say, before 26, and you just want to take a punt this week, then maybe that's that's a differential punt. But other than that, I feel like it would be, it's quite a, uh, a gamble. Yeah, fair play, fair play. So let's move on then to players that, that obviously aren't doubling this week, but perhaps with a bit of a, a bit of a look ahead to some of their fixtures coming up. And we've sort of highlighted Leicester as having some fairly favourable fixtures. Um, they've got Villa this week. Then their double is Arsenal and Burnley. And that is basically confirmed. Um, and then we've got Brighton in 27 and Sheffield United in 28. Obviously, you know, three of those teams are, are, are down the bottom. Um, and, you know, just coming back off a, off a win against win against the champions um, and looking you know pretty good in it. Um, I guess attention has to be has to turn towards uh, sort of fit again and firing Jamie Vardy. But you've also noticed something tactically with Harvey Barnes um, that could make him definitely a better option than uh, than James Madison. Yeah, well, Harvey Barnes moved up front last weekend. Again, I think we may did I allude to this on the review show. I can't remember, but he he moved up front next to Vardy um, last week, and and so that. But Barnes has always been someone who's bombed forward quite a bit. He's had quite decent XG levels. The problem in the past has been not really finishing those, but he's been getting a few returns recently and this season. And so, yeah, if he's going to be if he's going to be classed as a midfielder, getting five points a goal, but but playing up front, I mean, it's it's interesting. He did play uh, Leicester played a first team against against Slavia Prague in the Europa League tonight, and I mean, it's interesting from the sense of because Barnes played again. I wonder if he he played up front in in that game, whether they went back to the sort of four two three one type thing. But either way, uh, that 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 you know, the positives are it looks like Barnes obviously is pretty nailed as as a as a starter, and and you know whether that's attacking midfield or up front, his returns have been good recently, and, and even more so if it is up front. However, yeah, that uh, you wonder about rotation. Um, you know, an, an away trip in Europe tonight. They've all played, and then so, you know, are they are all of those players going to be able to start at the weekend? I'm not I'm not sure that, but it'd be interesting to see. And then, I mean, another player that did start tonight that that, that you again picked out as as maybe a really interesting kind of you know, proper budget pick is Daniel Amati. I think he's 3.9 million at the moment and has started um, a few of a few of Leicester's last games. It seems to obviously be down to injuries. You know, we mentioned James Justin's injury, um, and and Timmy Castagna is still injured as well. So could be a real budget um, fullback that's getting starts for a team that 
you know, is is right up the up, up the right end of the table. So so yeah, I mean, I I, I guess he, you're not he's not going to be a player that FPL managers are going to be clamouring to get in. And um, if they are wildcarding and want to fill their bench with with you know at the moment a reliable starter in in, in a pretty good side, then uh, look no further, right? Well, exactly. Yeah, you meant you mentioned Leicester's fixtures sort of coming up: Villa, Arsenal, Burnley, Brighton, Sheffield United. Not necessarily the teams creating the most going forward, other than than maybe Arsenal uh, recently. You know, Villa over the course season have, but less so in recent games. So, yeah, defenders might well be an option for Leicester, at, certainly at a cheap price. You know, our problem with Leicester defenders earlier in the season was they were kind of a, all of them over for sort of five million, other than Justin. But with Justin out now and Castagna out, like you say. Um, there looks like there's a starting berth there for Amati for at least a few fixtures going forward. And, and again, so if it's if you're if you're trying to maximise, let's say you're heading for a bench boost in 26, um, always good to have a 3.9 million defender so you can maximise your funds elsewhere. And again, if you're sort of wild carding or, or, or free hitting, um, again, that is a starter in a pretty decent team. We've got a reasonable chance of of clean sheets at, at 3.9 million. Not necessarily one to be sniffed at. There could there could be uses for him. Uh, and then let's move on to, to Ollie Watkins. I mean, you did just mention, Andy, that um, you know, Villa haven't created lows recently. And I guess that might be a bit of a caveat with, with Watkins. But you know, at the start of the season, um, you know, he was he was more expensive than Bamford. And I think he's, he still had price rises, but nowhere near in the same kind of bracket as, as, as Patrick Bamford has. But now he's cheaper than Bamford. I mean, is he arguably a better option? And then, again, looking ahead to, to Villa's fixtures, obviously they've got Leicester. Then Leeds uh, in 26, but they also double, but we're not quite sure who they're going to be playing, whether that's Everton or Sheffield United. And then potentially could also double again in 27 um, or 28, possibly, but also guaranteed a game in 29. So um, it feels like Villa players are going to be, be quite popular. And, 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 you know, I think you've mentioned or you mentioned to me earlier that kind of the template for Villa players will be. Um, Grealish, Martinez, and then probably Watkins, but he's still not massively high-owned. I think he's around the 20% mark. So is he another player that, you know, again, FPL managers should really be looking to get in sooner rather than later? Well, yeah, we've had a lot of chat, haven't we, about game week 25 players, but but Villa, for me in particular, the way my teams look at the moment, are, are an attractive prospect because of the fact that like you mentioned they double in 26 they've probably got another double either in 27 or 28 and then they will play very likely as well in 29 so you um, having their players will mean that's extra people you you can field a team for if, if like me you haven't got the free hit anymore so that that's one reason but yeah I mean we mentioned I think when we mentioned Cavani last week I think uh, I may have referred to the fact that Watkins was also up there, very similar numbers to Cavani. He's third over the last six game weeks for expected goal involvement amongst amongst forwards, um, Ollie Watkins. Um, and yeah, he's, he's had a few returns in, in, in that time as well. So at, at his price, as you say, slightly cheaper than, say, an Antonio or a, or a Bamford at the moment. And um, could, could well be a, a good option if, if um, Grealish is going to be serving him some some chances there. And Villa have been quite a creative team over the over the course of the season. But um, just interestingly, their, their, their numbers have dropped off a little bit recently. And um, I think, again, we may have mentioned this on one of our one of our preview or, or review shows, but there have been question marks over over Barkley and his impact on the team because they were so creative before when he wasn't in it. So, yeah, I, I, I do sort of I do sort of wonder if that might um, reduce maybe some of the attractiveness of Watkins I think um, oh yeah I've just got the numbers here now actually it's uh, over the last four game weeks um, Villa are fourth worst in terms of um, XG from open play 
um, created. So that, that that really rub that that to have such a drop like that that that's quite different to how they they were up there in the top five most creative kind of er, earlier in the season. So um, yeah, uh, just a slight a slight caveat there, but we'll, we'll we'll see what what team they put out I guess going forward. Yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on, especially obviously that that, that last performance against Brighton. Um, they they created virtually nothing. So, so yeah, definitely one to one to think about. And then finally, I think it's worth us mentioning Josh Madger uh, of Fulham. Again, Fulham um, you know don't necessarily have the greatest fixtures uh, coming up, but I think they are again potentially depending on your chip strategy, an all important team um, that do play in game week 29. But they're not likely to double in 26. Um, but we thought we'd better mention Josh Madger as he's just come straight into into the Premier League and, and scores kind of uh, scored two goals against Everton. Um, they were both tap-ins, as, as Andy uh, reminded me. But with Sheffield United this week, um, I think you know he could be he he could maybe be a budget uh, striker and probably definitely a differential um, to to perhaps keep a bit of an eye on. But yeah, I guess you, you'd want to see him um, get chances on the plate more consistently, Andy. I guess before kind of making the leap to him. Yeah, I think I think um, I mean it's, it's a positive sign that he's getting in the right places because that's almost been one of the problems for for Fulham this year, hasn't it? And they haven't had anyone who's been able to get in the good positions and and finish finish them off. So yeah, that's that's good early sign. But like you say, he's he's kind of come from a, um, on loan from a team um, where obviously they they thought he was surplus to requirements and. So you want to be sure that that this isn't just like a flat a flash in the pan, but like you say, this is the radar, and and so you were sort of mentioning him for kind of being maybe on on the edge there, and and one for us to kind of slightly keep an eye on. He's he's posting numbers over the last four game weeks, you know, up there with he, I think he's in the top five or six of of all forwards. So you know that's that's not too bad, and and we can keep an eye on him. I guess the final thing I'd say about strikers, just generally on the on the radar this this game week. Um, and everything we've said probably this this counts towards that without the full information I would be not I think you can probably tell from the way we've spoken about all of those options there Chris and I I don't, there's none that we're absolutely you know there's been weeks when we've had players like Jota or someone like that earlier in the season where we're like you yeah, absolutely I just really feel like you've got to get this guy in now and n- none of those necessarily uh, seemed like that on the, on the radar this week so I would I mean depending on what your team looks like I think for me personally like I, I'm unfortunately one of the less than half that doesn't have have Bamford I've only got one Southampton or less or Leeds player in my in my team and I, and so I think I'm I that might impact I might have to make a move this week, but if if you're if you say have Bamford or if, or you've got a, a two or three lead Southampton players, you're happy with how your team's rough, roughly looking for this week. I, you know, it it wouldn't be it would make quite a lot of sense to roll that free transfer and and maybe wait till we've got a bit more information. You know, for definite how some of these other fixtures are going to play out in the in the next few game weeks. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Andy makes makes a fair point, especially. Uh, yeah, and it's all going to come down to you know, how many transfers you've got, how many sort of hits you're you're looking to make. You know, are you looking for differentials to to claw some claw some space back, or are you just kind of looking to play it a bit safer to 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 preserve your rank? I think at this point, and uh, and yeah, and obviously you know wild cards and free hits and bench boosts can all, all come into consideration too. Uh, let's leave it there as ever Andy and I have uh, waffed on for far too long but when we come back we are going to try and catch each other in our respective honey traps here at the FPL lounge we are keen to hear from you be sure to follow us on twitter at FPL underscore lounge and let us know what you think during the season we will have new episodes out twice a week a preview show on a Friday and a review show on a Tuesday 
Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods so that you get the show before the all-important game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So, Andy, caught in the honey trap. This is a segment that we've uh, only done a few times, but one that seems to be fairly popular and, and that we definitely like like doing. Um, I'm going to leave you to explain it to the listener, but basically, I guess we come up with something that we think is going to happen, going to happen that isn't particularly likely, and uh, see if we can convince the other person uh, to, to 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 side side or go against us or side with us. No, go 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 against us. Go against us, Chris. It's really not that complicated, oh, it, right? It, it feels it feels late on a Thursday evening. Right. So the idea is, you put out there a scenario, and you're trying to tempt the other person to say that thing won't happen. So you're saying that something will happen, and you're trying to tempt the other person to say it won't happen. So obviously, that means it needs to be. If you put out there something really obvious, like Jack Grealish is going to start for Aston Villa this game week then I'm I'm not going to take you up on that. I'm not going to say the other side of that isn't going to happen because what what's the, what's the advantage for me? That's something very, very likely to happen. So the idea here is, you know, you want to make that honey trap a little bit sticky. You've got you to give something there to tempt me in, to, to potentially trap me in, in your trap. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, whether whether I actually understand the rules of the game or not is, for me at this stage anyway, basically irrelevant because because uh, I've got one and I'm pretty happy with it. I think it's I think it's fairly sticky. Um, so so would you like me to go first? I think I think I probably go on then. Now. Yeah, right, you're here thinking. we go. Okay, so I was gonna come up with with a fairly straightforward one, simply that um, Danny Ings would score more FPL points this week than Patrick Bamford. Now, obviously, both are on a double, and Southampton have, I guess, more difficult fixtures. Um, although they are uh, obviously they face Leeds, but 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 despite being at home to home uh, in their other fixture, they're home to Chelsea, whereas Leeds are away to Wolves. Um, I mean, I guess uh, I thought you know oh, maybe Andy will be tempted in by that, but and I'm just going to again clarify if they get the same same number of points that that, that wouldn't have counted. They, you know, Ings has to get more points. But I'm going to make it a little bit juicier, a little bit spicier, because obviously there is a, a gulf between their values. So my proposition for you this week is that Danny Ings will have a better points per million this game week than Patrick Bamford. And I think, having done a bit of maths, obviously it depends on what their returns end up being, but that should roughly average out, I think, at sort of Bamford's got kind of a two-point head start, I think. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, I can see that, that, that you're probably already kind of getting your Excel documents up and, and you're going to do some math now. Uh, for those that don't know, Andy was a, was a, was a math teacher earlier in his career. So, uh, so yeah. What do you think of that one? So, I mean, what, what's your initial reaction before you do like the stats, the, the math behind it? Yeah, so my initial reaction is that I would have been a little bit tempted to take you up even without your extra caveat, I'm not sure if it would have done or not. It would have been a close one. So with your extra caveat, I feel like, yeah, the um, I, I can see the arguments you're making, the pros and cons of, of why either of them might get more points than the other. Obviously, obviously I think Danny Ings is a significantly better finisher than, than, than Patrick Bamford. You know what I mean? So if, if, if Ings was playing for Leeds, I think this would be, this would be a different story, but but uh, yeah, the, as we've said all season, the number of chances obviously Bamford gets, how creative Leeds are, how uncreative Southampton have been, 
that that does uh, and then the fact that i get the extra sort of you know little bit of value there yeah i think that does that does sort of make me make me very tempted to take it and mean that i probably will i mean i'm not 100 percent sure what that like you say exactly gets me you seem to think a couple of extra points basically like yeah obviously I mean, it obviously it depends you know how many points they actually end up with over, overall i think you know, if it's um you know if, if it, both of them basically effectively blank but you know ings might get a weird assist somewhere along the lines then then i think it'll be it'll be it'll be close but you know, if they both end up doing pretty well in you know in the double figures and i think it, it probably gives gives bamford a couple of points head start i'll also just like to clarify again because i don't want any arguments about this later on obviously at the, at, at the time of recording i think ings is 8.4 mil and bamford's 6.9 i believe but i will um, you know, th- this stands based on their, their starting price going into the weekend. So if Bamford has a rise tonight and goes up to seven, then 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 we, we, we're going off the off the seven mil hmm. in those calculations. Now, that, yeah, that, that that I guess that changes things slightly. I guess that doesn't necessarily affect the um, the value probably that much, uh, but but that does impact things slightly because it might it it, it might. Um affect just you know the odd decimal point here or there however it's still i think it's still sort of worthwhile me, me going for that i don't know where ings is sitting at the moment on the on the old um transfers in i reckon he's probably had quite yeah he's he's not far behind bamford so i just looking at it now actually so i wonder if he might be due for a price rise as well so obviously you know that that it that can go both both ways for me there so yeah i think i think as i mentioned um, I think Kings is a better finisher, but Bamford's very likely to have a higher expected goal involvement um, in in this game week. So uh, it's funny because uh, you know I thought you might go for something where it's a two game week thing against a one game week uh, one match thing, but um, no, the the they've both got two matches, so it's almost like a comparing to to other any two other players in this in this game week, I suppose. But yeah, I, I for the fact that Bamford will have will have more chances, I will I think I will take you up on that. Lovely stuff. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm basically hoping that that Bamford does a does a championship paddy and doesn't really doesn't really return this weekend, and then hopefully Ings will will, will end up with a goal. Um. So yeah, I mean, I guess ideally for me, um, you know, Ings scores in a one 0 Southampton win against Leeds, and and Bamford also does nothing against Wolves. And that's that's the dream scenario for me now. Um. I say as I as I'm contemplating bringing Bamford into my own team. Um. Gone then. I think it'll like it's uh. It's your turn. Okay, yeah. So I didn't really have very long to think about this one here, and I, um, I, but when I got when I came to it, I felt quite happy about it. So I, I kind of just stopped, and I, I don't now. I'm about to say it, I feel like maybe I could have thought of a more interesting. I'm not. I, I have not. I'm not saying this because I've got. I've. I'm trying to sort of caveat my my the thing I'm putting out here in any way. So I'm perfectly happy with it. I just. Uh, it maybe doesn't sound the most uh, juicy or the most like appealing. So I wonder if I could have gone for one that might sound a bit more interesting or add a bit more spice to the weekend. However, here it is. And I wonder, I wonder what you're going to make of it. So I am going to suggest that both Brighton and Fulham will keep clean sheets this weekend. Oh, okay. So Fulham home to Sheffield United, Brighton home to Crystal Palace. I guess two fairly goal-shy teams, two teams with decent defences, but I guess, like you say, doubling them up, how likely is it that they're actually going to both keep clean sheets? I mean, I wonder what odds you'd get on, uh, yeah, I guess them to concede 
concede none. Um, well, I did. I did look that up. If, oh, if, that, if that helps you make your decision, and I suspected that uh, it would be, it would be the odds would be in your favour, particularly doubling them up. Um, but well, I, I was games. here. He goes. Uh, but I was, I was surprised actually just how much um, they're in, they're in your favour. The the kind of implied uh, percentage chance of them both keeping a clean sheet is less than twenty percent. So essentially, what apparently what I'm saying here has about an 18% chance, according to the bookies, about an 18% chance of happening. So what I'm offering you is the opportunity to take up something which has an 82% chance of happening, according to them, which I was surprised at, to be fair. And it's making me want to get some money out of my pocket right now. But um, not, not to try and persuade you not to take it there, obviously. But but still, I think it, it shows how... Uh, I think doubling those things up quite quite well uh, puts puts the odds in your favour. Yeah, I think I think I mean my initial reaction as soon as I heard it was that I'm going to take it. Um, I think you, I, I think it's, it's it's a really interesting proposition just because two goal shy teams away from home versus two teams whose defences we've spoken you know we've talked up um, on on the pod Brighton in particular um, and their performance against against Villa recently was 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 really good um so so yeah I'm I'm gonna take you up on it just because you could easily quite see it not happening but um but yeah the price that you mentioned is is very interesting and I know we, you know we wouldn't um we wouldn't be advising our listeners to part with their money I think that I might be this weekend just because if my uh if if if, if this if this does kind of come in I, I I'd rather profit off it um Rather than just end up losing losing the uh, the, the honey trap proposition, so so yeah. That's, well, like uh, like, like I said there, great, like I said there, greater than four to one, uh, that which it sounds very very tempting when you put it like that, isn't it? Both both Brighton and Fulham to keep clean sheets, but like you say, we're uh, we're we're uh, we're not gonna advocate uh any anyone who wants to uh spend the money in any way they want to. That's absolutely up up to them. This is this is there's no money being uh transacted between you and i chris this is all, all just for fun on the podcast yeah absolutely i mean spice it up and and add sort of fulham and fulham and brighton to winter nil then oh, yeah jobs are good in there isn't it anyway anyway enough enough about that because i'm sure we could do a whole whole separate um betting podcast andy and i um let's move on then to captaincy and this this could be i mean i might time it this could be our shortest captaincy segment here andy or ever um because let's find an argument if we can to not captain Patrick Bamford this weekend. Yeah, I mean it's it's a tricky one. I think I mean obviously the first one would be if you don't own him because then you can't captain him, which you know, 4 out of 10, well more than 4 out of 10 uh fantasy premier league managers don't own him, so they will have to be looking for for someone else, but no, it just it just seems, doesn't it, that with that given that there's only two teams with a double game week and um uh you know <laughs> Leeds are one of them, and but Bamford is 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 the person who you who scores the most points for Leeds, get, gets all lots of goal opportunities. Yeah, you ju- you just think he he is the most op- obvious captain option, and I, and I wonder actually, even if you don't feel like you want to captain him, if you own him, because this is very much how I feel. I don't have him in my team at the moment, but it's almost making me feel like I'm going to have to when you see the number of people around you in your mini leagues that do have him, and I just I just worry so much. Like if he scores. And I don't even own him, let alone captain him. That could do serious damage to uh, to my position in those leagues. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess let's flip this. Um, let's ask a few hypotheticals just to um, 
just to just to cover ourselves, cover some bases a little bit. If you owned Bamford and Ings, which one do you think you'd be more tempted to side with this weekend? I guess this kind of comes back to my honey trap, really, doesn't it? Well, precisely your honey trap. Yeah, I mean, uh, by your argument there, you're hoping Ings gets more points. So you'd be captaining Danny Ings then, would you? Maybe. Maybe I'd cover myself by having that Ings in the honey trap and Bamford in the Bamford with, with my armband. I mean, I, I don't, I don't own both. I'm not going to be. So, um, you know, that hypothetical is 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 is, is um, difficult for me to answer. But, but yeah, I mean, it feels very. It, it just, Bamford just feels very obvious. And and like you say, you know, you, if you're looking for to, to really catch up and looking for a differential pick, then 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 Ings might be it. But the risk that you're taking, well, you know, with your rank, when you are going to assume that, like. You know, millions of people are going to be captaining Bamford this weekend. Um, it seems seems quite quite a risk to take, really, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I mean, there there, there might be other options, and we, we can go through them. And and it wouldn't, you know, would you be surprised if Bamford blanked twice? No, you probably wouldn't, because we don't trust his his finishing necessarily. But it just, you, you know, you have to analyze it on what you've got in in advance. And he has he has scored a reasonable number of goals this season and he's got two stabs at, at doing it in the, in this game in this game we can like you say Bielsa's not someone to to rotate Leeds haven't got like Europe or cups or whatever to worry about like some of the other clubs have so there's no reason why not to kind of um play play the players that he would usually play Bielsa let alone the fact he doesn't sort of like particularly rotating if he doesn't have to so yeah it just all, all things sort of point towards that i guess you you know gunduan scored 19 points in one game last game week right and that you know the big players could could go and do that and outscore bamford of course they could but to sort of predict that in advance when someone else has got double the amount of minutes it yeah like you say it just seems obvious i guess um you know let, let, let's let's mention bruno uh just because he he seemed the the obvious uh pick for anyone you know for any player that's just got a single this week, Man United at home to Newcastle, who, um, you know, despite having men behind the ball for for a lot of the season, really do still have a pretty leaky defence. Um, you know, Spurs Spurs' main assets have a tricky away game at West Ham. Man City's uh, away at Arsenal and you know, Liverpool and Everton in the Merseyside derby. So, I guess it does. You know, even even the alternative premium assets. Um, perhaps don't look that reliable this weekend, other than probably Bruno um, at home to Newcastle. Obviously, he's come off the back of a two-goal um, evening this evening um, against Real Sociedad. So, I mean, but again, beyond that, I think we're we're really just just looking at Bamford this weekend, aren't we? Well, we, we are, I think. And but even with Bruno, it's a difficult one, right? Because United have just played well. Bruno scored twice. He played 80 minutes. So, do you love the fact that he's having to fly back from Turin and then play on Sunday? Maybe not, but you think he will, right? He's Bruno, so and you can rest him. United won four nil, so they can rest him next Thursday. Um, uh, so, so yeah, play him in the in the league. I guess will be Solskjaer's thinking. However, there is absolutely no way Newcastle are going to be anything like as open as Sociedad were. I think Newcastle are going to play a lot more like West Brom did last week and Sheffield United a couple of weeks ago against against Man United and that and that is what Manchester United have struggled against this season and it's when Bruno's had his games that he hasn't sort of looked as influential in so that would be even if this was him against other single game week players that would be a concern I, I would have with him. Let's round off then unless you've got anything else to add on captaincy with a game we like to call who the heck is stat I'm guessing you're all good on captaincy Andy? Yeah. Yeah, well, excellent. So for those that don't know uh, who the heck is Stat, 
uh, Andy and I pick, take in turns each week to pick a player from the FPL universe. They have to be owned by at least 5% of managers. And we have five guesses to guess who it is. If we get it after the first guess, we get five points. After the second, four points and so on and so forth. Every time we hear a clue and we make a guess, we get the opportunity to stick or twist with our previous guess. And that allows us to not reveal the answer to the end. Uh, so you can play along at home. Uh, Andy currently has a five-point lead. He leads 28-23, but it is him picking a player for me to guess this week. Um, I give me, I guess, Andy, with a if I get it get it early doors, then then we'll be level pegging, and uh, that would be exciting. But I just, you know, a, a five-point score is pretty hard to get. Although, how many? I think you've got two five-pointers this year, and I think I've got one. I think, I think right. so, yeah. I'm surprised that's happened three times this season already. That's, that is pretty good between us, to be fair. Well, you know what you, they say, it's only easy when you know the answer. And if you know the answer early doors, then away you go. Well, yeah, the, I don't think I had much chance of that last week. I, I did obviously define that very difficult. And that, that, makes it, that makes it harder coming into this week because there's, you know, I, I, I don't want to let that um, influence my clue. I want to try and write my clues in the same way I, I normally would, right? But yeah, at the back of my mind, it was was a very frustrating experience and I'm as I imagine it was for the listener listening to me humming and hawing for for so long so hopefully they'll be a little bit more entertained this week and let's stop waffing on as you would say about it and and, and just do it so clue number one it is this player's ninth season in FPL and they're on for their highest ever score who the heck is that always always hard these ones because you're just like oh that could be I mean I guess it's, it's a Premier League veteran so that is a good start. On for the highest ever score implies that they have not done particularly well before. Um, well, they've really come to the four point forefront this year. I guess. Um, I guess that would lean me towards some of their. Sorry, did you say that they're, that they're on course for their highest ever? Yeah. So I guess that would lean you towards to definitely towards a player that's um, that's. You know, doing well this year um so yeah where could we go with that hmm i wonder i wonder if it's james ward prowse now why am i thinking that i'm thinking that because we're on a double and it would be I guess almost cute if you pick a, pick the player that's on a double this week. So he's a player that it could be. I imagine he probably is on course for his highest ever finish because he's had more returns this year than perhaps he's he's ever had before. Um, I'm guessing he would be owned by five by over five percent of managers in his ninth season. I guess how long have Southampton been in the Prem? That's possibly the the caveat to that one. Um, how many other players could I think of that it could be? Don't think it's probably going to be a United player. I don't feel like they'll have many that have been been around that long. Uh, I guess a City player who, I mean, it could be someone like KDB, although he can't be on on for his highest ever finish. Nor would Sterling. I wouldn't have thought. Um, I feel like we've had Kyle Walker before. I don't feel like he'd be on for his highest ever finish either. John Stones, obviously, we've had before. Could be a Liverpool player, possibly. I think I'm, you know what, I'm going, to, I'm going to go with James Ward Prowse just because I'm struggling for much other inspiration. But he, other than other than the seasons, I think he fits most of that. So I'm going to, and even then, he might fit that. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with him. Okay, clue number two. This player is in the top ten for value in their position, but not for total points. 
Hmm. Oh, this is going to be a difficult one now because because there's not a lot. There's nothing there to make me think that it couldn't be him. So I think we mentioned that earlier. He's on a hundred points. That six million would put him in the top ten. I imagine for value. But, I, but have there been more midfielders that have scored more than? Have there been sort of ten midfielders that have scored more than a hundred points this year? I'm gonna. So I'm going to stick. With, I'm going to stick. I'm going to say that there has been. I feel like that's possibly a stretch. But then a lot of midfielders in the game do take penalties. They are some of the more premium owned assets. So, yeah, it feels. And I could be on for a five pointer. So yeah, I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> yeah, some 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 quick speedy decisions getting made this week very 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 much different to uh to my show last week so uh next clue this player has already scored more points and played more minutes than all but one of their previous seasons ah oh, this is another difficult one isn't it where where i don't really have any reason to get off him and willie have got so he play, played Sorry, got more points and played more minutes, did you say, than, than all but one of his previous years. And you said that he's played, this is his ninth season, so he's played eight previously. I mean, would James Ward-Prowse have scored more than 100 points in 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 many, in, more, in two of his previous eight years, if he's the guy? You could see it, but equally, you wouldn't shock you if he hadn't. Minutes is the difficult one, because I guess he is has always been pretty popular um on the south coast you know he's captain or has been on and off for a few years maybe hasn't always been popular with managers southampton have had a lot of managers come and go and he's not the he's not the oldest player in the world so possibly could have managed his minutes sometimes been a bit of a luxury player i'm just going through the reasons why it should still be him and i haven't really given any thought <laughs> why it could be anyone else so um, yeah, in a real putting all of my eggs in one basket move, um, I'm going to stick with James Ward-Prowse. This 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 was always the, the the problem that we thought when when we kind of went with a stick or twist, um, you know, part of the game. I think I think it I think it does make it better. Definitely makes it better for the listener, and uh, just it just makes us get quite attached. I think to our early clues, doesn't it? Um, because there's definitely like the what if. What if it? What if it is him? But then now I'm sitting here thinking, but if it isn't, I've just wasted a lot of time thinking, not thinking of anyone else. But but yeah, I'm sticking sticking with JWP. Okay, <laughs> almost no other players even contemplated you're, yet in this game. Like, but... like you're you're gonna you're gonna tell me in like three minutes time that he's owned by like four percent of managers. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, oh well, could have got could have got this one over very, <laughs> or could have got James Ward-Prowse out of my head very early doors. But yeah, I'm going I'm going with him, sticking with him. Okay, next next clue then. This player is the third most owned player for their team. Who the heck is that? Well, let's go for the reasons why that could be James Ward-Prowse, shall we? Um, okay. Okay. I, also, I, I guess it would be Ings. It could possibly be Adams, McCarthy. Um, I guess people would have got rid of Bednarek by now. Don't know about Vestergaard. Yeah, that makes me doubt it, I have to say. 
So maybe let's think of some other players that it could be. Leeds, well, I think, I guess you're looking at Rafinha, probably. And that wouldn't apply to him. He's going through the fixtures. Wolves, I don't think anyone, there aren't going to be many that have played nine seasons at all. Chelsea, difficult one. Going to be a pretty good player. They haven't probably had many that have played nine years in the in, in the Prem. Um, I just don't feel like anyone at Burnley will be on course for like their best ever year. Well, I guess they could be on course for their best ever year, even though they're, they're just their previous years have been rubbish. I don't know how many of their players are owned by 5%. I don't know. West Brom going to rule them out. Going back to those big, big teams, aren't we? I have a feeling it could be a Liverpool player, I have to say. Not going to be Henderson, could be Robertson. I feel like some of the other, he's probably not going to, that value clue probably wouldn't apply to him. There's no reason, there is no reason for me to come off James Ward-Prowse. That I can think of anyway. So I'm going to stick with James Ward-Prowse. Okay, clue number five. They are the highest point scorer for their team and they are the captain of their team. Who the heck is Stat? James Ward-Prowse, isn't it, isn't it Andy? <laughs> James Ward-Prowse. I feel like I'm on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Is that your answer? I'm, I'm, I'm sticking. Ladies and gentlemen, it's James Ward-Prowse. <laughs> what a moment. What a moment. What drama. Can how, you believe how, it? How, how difficult was it for you then to keep a straight face throughout that? Pretty difficult. No, as it went on, it was much more straightforward. But when you when you set him on like the first one, that was that was a hard moment, yeah. What what a day. What a day. Can you believe it? He's equalised. That's, that's the equaliser, that is. Yeah, that is like... That is putting one in the top bin from 40 yards, that isn't it? A zero for me and a five for you in back-to-back weeks. How does it feel? Yeah, it's big. It's big. But it's, it, you know what? I like, you know, we, we, perhaps we kind of alluded, alluded to this at the start. <clears throat> Excuse me of who the heck is that. But, um, but yeah, you know, what it, all, all it really does is just make me, make me excited for the running. I think it's going to be game week 30 onwards where this is going to get really tasty. And, and, and I'm excited. I think, I think when we, obviously when we planned this, um, you know, we didn't really, you know, we, we did a few sort of practice runs, but it wasn't particularly competitive and it's going to, I feel it's going to get competitive towards the end. And, 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 and the point that you made about sort of making sure that our clues aren't ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. How hard will we go when we're trying to desperately make sure that, 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 the, that the other person doesn't, doesn't get it, but, but yeah, not in the spirit of the game, but yeah, yeah, it feels good. feels good. I mean, it, the we I think we both have enough integrity, and to be fair, the other one of us would call the other one out if it doesn't happen. So you know, we we have a some accountability uh, on the pod for uh, making sure we do kind of try to do them in a similar style as, as we have throughout the whole season. But I guess maybe maybe I wonder if there'll ever become a point where, as the season goes on, you know, there's fewer and fewer people we can choose from. So whether that makes it like maybe easier to guess at some point, I, I don't know, but. Yeah, the, my my tactics this week, I suppose, I could have I could have gone for someone much more obscure. But when I was going down, I thought, you know, you do that thing which you'll know because you've made these clues before, like I have, right? That I thought of a couple of clues for him straight away, and I thought, well, obviously the bit that was holding me back that you mentioned, it's it's a double game week. But I thought, well, 
maybe he could i could do a bit of hiding in plain sight you know like um you might think oh well andy would never go for that because it's a double game week type thing D- double bluff almost i thought well let, let's just i've got a couple of clues in the bag there for him that i can think of so let's, let's just roll the dice and go for it and look if chris gets it just makes it a closer competition and more enjoyable for listeners doesn't it it does it does absolutely yeah i mean i'm sure i'm sure everything that you did had had the listener in mind um just remember that next time you're guessing because i had to add out a lot a lot of dead air last week so. <laughs> okay well um, maybe give me some clues i can actually get <laughs> yeah no, no worries um i've got to say andy um I'm, I'm i'm a little bit giddy after that so i'll leave it to you as i always do uh to tell tell the listeners how they can get in touch with us if they want to discuss their game week 15 team well, if they want to do that, that's a bit pointless. I don't really care. Sorry. That was 10 weeks ago. So, uh, But if you want to talk to us about Game Week 25, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. Yeah, I'm really interested in your Game Week 50. I mean, well, simpler times, I guess. That was it feels like before before any double. But, but yeah, I don't think we really care about it, that anymore. And uh, as ever, you can always do remember to rate, review and subscribe us uh, and give us give, give us a cheeky, cheeky like uh, wherever you get your podcast from. Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're really enjoying putting this together and we're enjoying it way more when we get five points on <laughs> yeah. who the heck is that. I mean, can you like a podcast? Can you even do that? Is that? I don't think that's a thing, is it? You can't go on like Apple Podcasts and like a podcast. I mean, you've lost your head, mate. You've absolutely lost it. You're, just, yeah. you're, you're giddy on success. Yeah. I, I really am. I really am. Um, Andy and I will be back next week to uh, review game week 25 and probably have a cheeky look uh, look ahead to, to the double game week 26. Hopefully we'll have some news about fixtures by then. I think we're not 100% sure when we'll be recording. We're hoping to record on uh, on on a Monday evening uh, after, after this weekend, but I think a few work commitments may get in the way, so it might not be until Tuesday until you hear from us. But either way, Andy, until next week. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.